0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Wingwoman podcast, hosted by best mates and journalists, Frankie graden that's me, and Charlie Gowans-Eglinton, that's her. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Francesca. How are you? I'm alright, how are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me, thanks for my coffee. Very welcome. My nephew has been born. Yes, Charlie became an auntie last week. Very exciting. Baby Theo, he is adorable. Chill vibes from this little guy. Aww. And really big eyes which is adorable and also disconcerting because I feel like he really sees you, you know? Mm. He's weighing you up. They are so cute. They are teeny tiny.
0: They are. Can't wait to meet baby girl. They're so cute. And then they turn two and they're absolute
1: horror Mm. shows. But anyway, what have you been up to? Absolutely fucking nothing. I am doing something called ghostuary. Oh. I'm ghosting everyone. I'm not replying to text messages. I'm not replying to phone calls. I'm actively avoiding plans, not because I'm busy, just because I don't want to. I'm broke. I am over-socialised post-Christmas and New Year and all of that. I don't want to do anything. And I feel like nobody wants to do anything. And actually, I've been made to feel slightly better by Jess Carton Morley writing about hibernation time in The Guardian, Harriet Walker writing about the new office casual, in the Times. So she's even wearing kind of a fuzzy slipper situation to the office. My main highlight is that I asked for some slippers for Christmas from my sister. They are odd slippers. I'm going to show you a picture of them on my feet. You're going to hate them so much. My sister was like, are you sure? When I sent her the link. Oh, wow.
0: Lovely. I love them. They're quite a interesting shade of mushroom.
1: They're taupe. Okay. Taupe, I've sure. called them taupe. Do you know what? The kids are really into this kind of a vibe of like a all-terrain dad hiking boot fleece situation. My sister said that all the kids where she works, not actually children, because that's inappropriate with labour laws, just young people in their 20s, always stuff like this to the office. Really? Yeah. But you wouldn't understand because you're 35.
0: I feel like a few decades ago, 35 would have been middle-aged, but that's shifted now, right? I think 45? Let's just keep pushing it.
1: Yeah. 50? I could live to be 100, so the middle of my age would would be 50. 50. I'm okay with that. Good, good. What have you been up to this week? Like you, I've been feeling very
0: January and very ugh Mm -hmm. about things, so I'm going to tell you about some good things that have
1: happened. Great. Okay. Last week, I did my tax return. I feel attacked because I haven't done my tax return, and also, you doing your tax return is sending it to an accountant, and me doing my tax return is doing a tax return Unassisted, just get an accountant. No, it's <laughs> so worth it. I don't get it. I mean, it's obviously not a
0: good thing because my tax bills are about to land in my inbox, and then I'm going to have to um, pay that, which is always a heartbreaking moment. But it weighs on my mind from about November. You don't need to leave it till January, but I've dedicated January to doing my tax return, and I can't seem to shift it forward. So as soon as we come back after Christmas, I wake up every morning and think, oh God. I have to get all my receipts and invoices in order. Anyway, I had an admin week last week because like you, I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want to do anything. I just thought, let's get stuff in order. Did my tax return, sent it off to Paul. Thanks, Paul. And deleted all my unread emails in my inbox. Oh, God. I know. Here's another one. I made Rachel Roddy's courgette pasta.
1: I love Rachel Roddy. From that
0: book you gave me great her a to z of pasta i made it last night i just haven't been interested in cooking at all for quite a long time actually and dinners are a bit of a drag so tried the meal boxes you know the gusto and hello fresh which worked for a bit then got bored of them it got repetitive cracked open rachel roddy made this courgette
1: pasta Is it pasta with courgettes or is the pasta made of courgettes? Pasta with courgettes. thought you would say that. Yeah. Because from Rachel Roddy as a vibe, she's an amazing food writer who lives in Italy. So I assume she wasn't going to do spiralised courgette. Yeah. No, 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 no. But I just thought I should double check.
0: Yeah. It's a bit like a carbonara, but lighter. There's some egg yolks going in. Mm. There's lots of parmesan going in. You grate some courgette. You do it with some linguine. Delish. Wonderful. So nice. I had it last night while watching Happy Valley. And I was a happy Frankie. So I feel like that's kind of re-sparked a bit of a passion for cooking. And I also made Nigella's chicken also last week. Oh, yum. Which is just such a I good recipe. From her cook, eat, repeat cookbook, but it's also online. And you can do it with a whole chicken if you're doing it for lots of people. Or if you're doing it for one or two, you can just do it with chicken thighs on the hob. Also, some carrots, some leek, wholesome, comforting just so nice wonderful so I've like really turned a corner there and then another great thing that's happened my leg hair stopped growing completely interesting I'm gonna roll up my leg
1: sneak out little... of my jean
0: oh my god no
1: I shaved, shaved those I just keep
0: touching it November so
1: you're joking.
0: No. It's been shaving them while you sleep. No. <laughs> so it's a weird pregnancy side effect. Just joking. I always thought your hair went into turbo when you were pregnant. You were this bountiful hair growth person. Yeah. But your body hair not growing can happen because of your hormones going everywhere. So isn't that brilliant? My armpit hair is still growing but at a much reduced rate. Wow. Which is great because I hate shaving my armpits so much. They get really sensitive. So I just don't shave them for basically the whole winter months and just have a carpet under each armpit and say la vie. But
1: they've decreased a lot in volume. So that's really nice. I can't see my vagina because it's under the bum. This is my leg situation. You can see the hair from where you are.
0: Yeah. But then I was thinking about this the other day, about how just lazy I am when it comes to body maintenance. I just cannot bring myself to do any of it. Dry body brushing, moisturising, hair removal. And I know it would be to my benefit because when I have done it, I look and feel so much better. The only person not benefiting from it is me. We have a friend who does all that stuff and kind of looks so glossy and amazing like she's so well. There's no flaky bits hanging
1: off her great. I just cannot bring myself to get there. I think I don't do those things because I hit a point where I just can only do so many things and with so many other things somebody is expecting from you. You're either going to let someone down if you don't do xyz or you're not going to make enough money to pay the rent or whatever. The only outcome of self-care is feeling better yourself mm. and I mean okay fine maybe someone else will notice these things in the way that we look at our friend and think why do you look so well like where have you been you look fantastic but it's only for you really and I think that's why we don't do it because I'm not letting anybody else down by yeah. not doing it I wish I could prioritize those things and I wish you prioritize them for yourself but that's why you don't do it I think yeah you don't have to feel bad about not doing that for anyone else so I guess just shoved right down to the shoved bottom of the right list. down, yeah. I think you might
0: be right. My to-do lists are too big. They are. But then I'll just sit and scroll on Instagram instead. Oh Yeah, I get
1: overwhelmed and I don't do any of the things on my list. Is that normal? Are we not all doing that? Are people achieving things and taking things off lists? I hate <laughs> that. So,
0: Chas, obviously the big news of the week, uh-huh. and just like that, mm-hmm. is definitely coming back. I didn't make it up. My God. <laughs> it will be hitting our screens, I think, in the summer. Pictures have been leaked. Carrie and Aidan. Are they together? We're not sure about details. They've been holding hands in pictures, so the implication is that perhaps she's revisiting Aidan the carpenter who had a penchant
1: for turquoise jewellery,
0: if you remember.
1: So there was a total hotness because he was very capable, he was very self sufficient. He would survive the apocalypse because he worked with his hands and he could make furniture Mm. that was hot right definitely i don't know why we were all invested in big who ditched her all the time chose natasha cheated on natasha left her at the altar piece of work how do you feel about aiden though i was definitely team aiden
0: were you Yeah, yeah 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 he was good looking i seem to remember yeah he was a carpenter which is hot he had that place in the country that he took Carrie and she freaked out because she saw a squirrel or something.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I didn't like Carrie for that. I felt really annoyed. I felt like she never treated him the way he should have been treated. I think she cheated on him. She wouldn't wear a wedding band when they spoke about getting married. Yeah. So I felt like she was throwing away a good thing. A handsome, single, tall, handy man. They're few and far between. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually quite delighted that he's coming back. He did have a dodgy dress sense. He liked an open shirt with male jewellery. I don't like jewellery on men. Neither do I. It's really not for me. But, you know, fine. You can work on it. You can tweak it. So I think I'm really pleased. Maybe I hoped that he'd moved on to somebody else. So who do we want 2023 Aiden, to be? So I think he's opened a furniture store or stores
1: oh see i think he's more green than that right because i feel like bricks and mortar that's kind of capitalist greed i think he's more eco living in a slightly more off-grid way nice not fully off-grid yeah semi-rural yeah he's
0: got a workshop solar panels okay nice so maybe he just sells furniture online Made to order bespoke furniture vibes. Yeah, like one
1: of those slow brands. He's probably wealthy, but stealth wealthy. Because if you went down to his house, he doesn't have radiators. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, he's got loads of money, but you wouldn't see it necessarily. Okay, yeah, very under
0: the radar. Like he's got a really zhuzhy coffee machine. Yeah. Maybe his plaid shirt's a really
1: nice thread count. Mm-hmm. And he quite likes a cashmere jumper. And I think he's built his own home. Lots of wood. Yeah. Glass. Built into the landscape. Bit of a grand design. Maybe he's got a garden roof. Yes. With sprouting things. Uh Uh-huh. A dog. Obviously. That likes to chase the
0: squirrels. Carrie would be happy about it. So do
1: we think he never married? What's the vibe? I just can't imagine them getting back together. I think they were a lifestyle clash. They were opposites attract. But I feel like opposites attract gets much harder as you get older because you're more set in your ways and you're less like, oh, this is fun. And I think having opposing holiday styles, which they 100% would do, is really difficult in a relationship.
0: Yeah, because I think he'd want to do some sort of kayaking or whitewater rafting. And I think she's more lounging by the pool. In a bougie hotel. We've seen her holiday style in two of the films. Yes. It's caftans. It's bling. It's five star.
1: luxury, yeah. obnoxious hotel. Yeah. Oh, so I
0: don't know how they're going to make that work. Interesting yes. to see how it plays out. Who else could they bring back? I wonder what Smith Jared's up to. I wonder what Smith Jared's up to. I hope he's well. Has he made
1: it to the heady heights of Hollywood? Side note, I was reading on Refinery29, these baby names are Going Extinct in the UK by Nick Levine. It was saying some of the names that didn't get used at all in 2020. Shirley, Nigel, Cliff, Deirdre, Farrah. Fabulous name. But also on the at-risk list, sorry, but this is like a pop culture, Barbie, Britney, Carrie. No Carries. No Carries. Also Shania. Oh, I uh, feel like a woman. I don't impress do, me much. Do, 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 do. Oh, yours is better. Britney, she's an icon. She's a legend. She... Deserves to have people named after her. Who wouldn't want their child to take after Britney Spears? Hate that. Kelly, that's very 90s as well, Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Shocking. So
0: shocking. So I was reading an interesting piece. Well, I'll backtrack a bit. I've been a little bit worried because I started muttering to myself. Yes. I've always had an internal monologue Mm -hmm. raging on as I walk around the house. But I think it's actually finding its way to my lips. And I'm voicing inner thoughts. My big worry is that I do it when I walk outside. Right. And people look at me thinking, what is that woman getting het up about to herself as I mutter and like potentially do some facial expressions? They'll just think you've got something in your ear, like a little really discreet Oh, maybe I'm on ear pod, a, a conference you know? call doing some business. But I think muttering is something that you do as you get older. But when you say... I think say, it's like a grumpy
1: old man thing. When you say it? muttering, I'm imagining you kind of... <laughs> Do you mean... No. I'm You're not just har- talking thing. to yourself, so you're just yeah. narrating. Yeah. yeah, I'm not harrumphing. Let's thing. call it narrating, it's more main character. Okay, nice.
0: <laughs> so anyway, I was thinking, oh God, I've sort of crossed over into um, an age bracket where I just mutter. However, I then came across a piece on The New Yorker by Joshua Rothman... And it's called, how should we think about our different styles of thinking? All about thinking styles, whether you're a visual thinker, whether you're a verbal thinker. If you're a verbal thinker, muttering, completely normal thing to do. i breathe in a sigh of relief. I always thought I was a visual thinker because, I don't know, would I class myself as creative? A little bit. I know I'm a writer, but there's lots of times where I think pictorially. But I think maybe because I've written a lot about fashion and I've been on shoots a lot, it's to do with colours, textures. I imagined myself as quite a visual thinker. However, I think I'm actually a bit more verbal. Hence, constant internal monologue that's now coming out as daily mutterings.
1: I read this piece as well. And I think I'm an overthinker because I was reading all of them And slightly seeing myself in the descriptions, but then with all of them, I'm getting confused. So then I was just trying to find myself in this because also I think with these kind of pieces, I always read them hoping that they will give me some kind of solution that fixes me. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, right. Yeah. It's because I'm that. And so actually, if I just put these few parameters in place, then suddenly I'd be really efficient and not fraught with, there's so much worry and to-do lists and stuff that I am completely incapable of doing anything it didn't offer me that but the piece talks about Temple Grandin's new book visual thinking the hidden gifts of people who think in pictures patterns and abstractions and actually within this new book visual thinking Grandin comes up with three different types of thinkers and I quote on one end are verbal thinkers who often solve problems by talking about them in their heads or more generally by proceeding in the linear representational fashion typical of language. On the other end of the continuum are object visualizers. They come to conclusions through the use of concrete photograph-like mental images as Grandin does where she compares building plans in her mind. In between those poles, Grandin writes, is a second group of visual thinkers, spatial visualisers, who seem to combine language and image, thinking in terms of visual patterns and abstractions. So the example that they then go into is imagining a church steeple. And that if you were verbal, you might just think of two lines. If you were visual, you might think of a steeple you've actually seen. And if you were in between, you might piece together a kind of imagining of a steeple based on lots of different things, pulling from lots of different sources. I don't know which one I am. I don't think I think verbally. Which again confuses me as a writer because I do think of things in sentences. I play with words in my mind. I count out the letters of words in my head sometimes as I'm reading them or saying them or walking along. So I'm thinking about words, but I don't know that I'm thinking in words. Interesting. But is this going to help me with
0: anything? Well, I know. I was hoping that there'd be some sort of (laughs) conclusion Which there wasn't, but I had never considered that people think about different things in different ways. Mm. That's just such an interesting concept. Maybe this will reveal or give me some sort of more understanding
1: about the goings on inside my brain. I wonder perhaps if it might be helpful in terms of personal relationships and navigating personal relationships, because maybe we have compatible and incompatible thinking styles. In the same way that we talk about love languages, which is now quite a common thing for people to claim a love language, for people to see those incompatibilities and maybe be able to resolve issues in a small way with that by thinking, oh, okay, but that person isn't a words of affirmation person or they're not touchy-feely, but they give me other things. And it's also similar to support languages, which is something that I heard about on my Goop cruise that we have different support languages. And often when we're feeling unsupported, it's because we're getting the wrong kind of support or not the kind of support we want. And actually the support we give is often telling back. the support we want back. Maybe the way we think changes our compatibility with different people. And actually, if you're arguing with people or not able to resolve issues with people, like at work, you know when you seem to be hitting a brick wall with someone? Yeah. I wonder if that's to do with different thinking styles. And actually maybe just not being able to express your points to each other properly. Well, and I guess also
0: seeing problems or issues in a different way. We must get frustrated with each other when we don't seem to be approaching a problem in the same way. Mm. Or we're not resolving a situation in the same way.
1: Or when something seems obvious to us. Yeah. And you can't understand why it's not obvious to somebody else. Yeah. Or it's really frustrating when somebody is explaining something to you as if it is obvious. And you just don't get it. Can't think of anything that makes me angrier than someone telling me something is really easy to understand while I have an absolute (laughs) meltdown over it. (laughs) I also read a piece on the New York Times that has also not offered me a solution to myself. But again, I thought, oh, that's me. So this is by Dana G. Smith. Depression rooms and doom piles. Why clearing the clutter can feel impossible. So she talks about... A YouTuber, actually, who opens a video saying, today we're going to be cleaning my depression room. And it's talking about how clutter can be linked to mental health and how mental health and mental health crises, and that correlation between hoarding, between mess, between not being able to complete a simple task or sweep up the dirt from a plant that you have knocked on the floor, talking specifically about me, can be linked to something that's going on in your mental health which, again, has not offered me a solution to the fact that I do that, sometimes I read all the headlines and I feel like I'm just constantly diagnosing myself and I'm constantly going, oh my God, that's so me and maybe that's a problem I have and maybe that's something I do. And our generation, millennials, maybe Gen Z as well, seems to really like to classify ourselves. Yes. What's our love language? What's our support language? What's our personality type I think it's a way of trying to understand ourselves
0: and I think we are in this era where we are trying to find out much more about ourselves this self-discovery is huge kind of self-help is huge we are striving to be just so self-aware and being self-aware is seen as such a brilliant thing you know you are an intelligent compassionate everything person if you understand the way you work and the way you treat others it can only be a good thing. But I guess in doing that, we are constantly putting ourselves into boxes. We change so much as we get older, as life happens in different situations, we act differently. I think you get into a danger of it being a bit black and white, you know? You're this person, not this person. You're that person, not that person. But then I think we are such evolving creatures. Interesting. Talking about the quest for self understanding but also being understood by other people i want to talk about prince harry's book Mm -hmm. so obviously this came out last week yeah already half price which i just don't understand that marketing strategy but okay fine but the thing i'm interested in is somewhere on the internet i saw in a discussion about being in this era of telling our truths and are we telling our truths too much don't look at me when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> and we are in this oversharing era. We are constantly on the quest for authenticity. We want people to like us. Are we oversharing too much? Are we overexplaining explaining ourselves to the point where it all gets a bit much? I haven't read Prince Harry's book. I've read a million pieces about that book and I've read the kind of headline revelations. To me, it felt cringe I've only read the frostbitten Willie. The fact that Kate wouldn't share her gloss. The fact that William pushed him over onto a dog bowl. To me, it feels like airing your dirty laundry. In a bid to explain himself and why he stepped back, I don't need to know that he lost his virginity in a field to an older woman and she spanked his bum. Where's the line? Where do we say, okay, I've said what I can say. I've sort of put my point across. I can't say any more people will think what they think and I just need to accept that some people are going to think a certain way
1: about me. I've said my piece. But then I've never found the line. I completely overshare and write first person. I know you write first person as well, but I feel like perhaps you're more respectful of boundaries. It also makes a difference that you're married and that you have a child, so there are other people to kind of safeguard. Whereas occasionally I send a text saying, sorry, do you mind me putting this into a piece? to a friend before I air their dirty laundry in my piece but I'm not sure we have a line anymore because we're in the era of first person oversharing we are all telling our truths constantly Mm. I mean here we are on our podcast yeah hello love the sound of our own voices obsessed with ourselves I mean I think about myself all the time I watch things and I think is that me am I like that how do I fit into this I do think we're an incredibly narcissistic generation. But then at the same time, I don't understand when people say that we think about ourselves too much because, sorry, what are you doing then? Are all these people in their 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s saying that they never thought about themselves? Like, OK, maybe they didn't address their emotional responses to things and try and work out why they felt this way, or therapize everything. But... Surely you didn't just like go about your life with, no, oh, I won't even worry about what I want. I'll just carry on. Isn't everybody thinking about how they feel about situations constantly? Or are they not? Am I in a narcissistic thinking style? My current main excitement from the spare book is that story about him shopping in TK Maxx. What a surprise! And saying that for a couple of hundred quid, he could look like a fashion plate. Sorry, what TK Maxx is he in? Because untrue and everything in there is always really weird constantly when we were in university i was going to tk Mats to try and find something designer cool that i wouldn't be able to afford normally never found anything good obviously you know how i feel about home sense which is their homeware version of tk Mats. big fan love a copper bottom saucepan at a fraction of the price but tk Mats, no i also like that they tried to discredit his story by saying that they never hold sales they do you seen Discounted TK Maxx, you've
0: seen it. I would have thought they would have been thrilled about the publicity. I <laughs> know,
1: but that is the level of detail that he's really gone into. Mm. Well, and I suppose it
0: makes people feel relatable and we all like to relate to people, especially people who are rich and famous and wealthy. You know, we love that bridge being drawn closer, but I guess we're just in danger of, you know, once you have shared that much of yourself... You can never come back from it, can you? Like, it's out there. It is. We know that he calls his willy his todger.
1: Too much. Also not a great day for the Elizabeth Arden PR team. Maybe it is a great day because people are thinking,
0: multi-purpose. I mean, Elizabeth Arden and owl Cream, there are just so many uses for it. There really are. And I do think everyone should have one in their bathroom cabinet because you just never know when you're going to get a frostbitten extremity and it can sort you right out. My biggest issue with that book is that he calls... His mum, Mummy. Mm. And I know she's dead. And I know he loved her loads. To me, that still does not excuse grown-ups calling their parents Mummy and Daddy. I hate it so much. It would be an immediate red flag for me. No, no, no. Please leave.
1: But I think it is a posh person thing, isn't it? Is it? Certainly the stereotype around that is that it's private school boys. Mummy. Even when you say it, you say it in a posh voice, don't you? Yeah. So... Is it true? Write in. Maybe we should do some real research into this area and see if the incidence of poshness and the incidence of calling your mum mummy whether they overlap. Yeah, I feel like there's there's something there. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: just can't. That and grown women wearing bunches or pigtails. Sorry, no.
1: How are you going to discourage it? Because you have a son now. What's the cut off? Mm. Does he call you mummy right now?
0: He does, but sometimes he throws out a mum.
1: Okay, good. He's starting early Yeah. to wean off the name.
0: I think up to 13, mummy's okay. 13. Teen years. It's puberty. Yeah, you've got to stop that. You have got to.
1: Do you feel as strongly about daddy?
0: Funnily, no. I still don't think it's cool. If you said, I'm just on the phone to my daddy, I'd be like, ooh, <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> I think it just infantilises people and obviously we are so much more used to women being infantilised than men so it doesn't feel quite so jarring but I still think it's an issue I don't mean to sound judgmental it's just like a personal
1: ick well everyone should bear that in mind I suppose if they want to come in within a hundred meets of us
0: I mean or don't you know live your best life whatever yeah it's fine right any more for any more just a couple of recommendations that I'd like to leave you with hit me BBC One, Amanda and Alan's Italian Adventure. What a treat. Which Amanda, which Alan? Alan Carr. Uh Uh-huh, great. Amanda Holden. Mm. Don't knock it till you've tried it. Eight part series, half an hour episodes. Amanda has bought an apartment in Sicily for a euro. So it's this scheme that Sicily's doing. I don't know if other areas of Italy are doing it, where towns and villages that have been kind of deserted... By the young people. Yeah. They're kind of falling into disrepair. So in a bid to get people back into these areas and to sort of build business and infrastructure and bring vibrancy back into the area, they're selling homes for a euro. Yes. Okay. I've read about
1: this phenomenon. Yeah.
0: Great. So they actually buy two apartments in a little town called Salemi, which is a medieval hilltop town. Absolutely beautiful. And they renovate it. Um, Well, they renovate them both. They kind of knock them into one big apartment. And each episode, they sort of do a room and they discover the area. And it's really quite funny. And it's just lovely. They're friends in real life. Okay. So it's a very nice rapport. And they're quite jokey with each other. There's some tender moments. Alan's gone through a divorce, feeling quite down about everything. Okay. This is giving him a
1: nice little project. They do it over three months The only reason I made that disparaging noise is just that traditionally the shows that Amanda Holden is on, her radio show, all that Britain's Got Talent stuff. Is it that one that she was on? It is. It's stuff I don't like to watch. Fine. So if I see Amanda Holden, I think great at her job, I'm sure, but that's not a show I will enjoy because we have different entertainment styles. Got it. Incompatible yeah perhaps i'm wrong perhaps this will bridge the gap
0: it's quite nice i really like alan carr so i went in wanting to like it because i think he's quite fun and i like the glamour factor of amanda holden also nice to just escape to italy for a little while and then my other one is actually on itv which i always forget about it's called a spy among friends it's guy pierce and damien lewis i love damien lewis Mm -hmm. if anyone hasn't watched billions it's on now tv it's so good He's the lead character in that. Oh, he's amazing. But anyway, this, it's a spy drama. I think it's set in the 60s. It's based on a true story, but it's a fictionalised telling of a agent who was very high up in the SIS. And it gets revealed that he's been a double agent. He's been working for Russia for like 30 years. And Guy Pearce plays the double agent. Damien Lewis plays his best friend who also works for the SIS. So you see it gets revealed and Mm -hmm. you see his shock and then it kind of works back into the story of how everything's happened. Anna Maxwell Martin is also in it. She is obviously brilliant in Motherland. She's someone from MI5 who's investigating this situation. It's just so good. I love spy stuff. And the era it's set in is obviously very stylish. I think if you enjoyed the Profumo affair, then you would enjoy this as well okay but just some good solid two quite different tv styles there bit of intrigue and then a bit of light relief i feel like combined that's going to help you get through these last couple of weeks of journ. while you don't want to go out it's too cold you can't afford to go out anyway i mean it's going to snow this week so for me that's as good a reason as any to
1: just not go out and not make any plans it's too chilly it is too chilly and while you're in watching something I have not bought you a tin yet because they were sold out in Planet Organic yesterday when I was there but I bought the other day a tin of Chai Guys chai that is delicious since you've gone into Chai again pretty that you then put in the saucepan food delivery during this podcast, it's been a little beauty first of us this week, shopping. So, thank you so much for joining us, if you like what you've heard, please rate and subscribe. Big thank you to everyone fans in our pocket, and we will speak to you in a fortnight, until yeah. then.